0: Why do you think the character, Thor, resonates so much with audiences around the world?
1: Well...
2: Podcast. I'm your host and master of ceremony, Thor Odinson, and with me I have...
0: Hello, I'm Austin Zweibelman.
2: And we have a very special guest. I'm Luke. Hey! Yeah, we finally got him on. Luke is a uh, old college buddy of mine. Luke... Uh, explain yourself.
1: So my name is Luke Hart. I go to college for anthrozoology. I'm currently graduating this year. Um, So that means I, I have experience in the behavior or the relationship between humans and animals. So I work with animals. My goal is conservation and rescue and your boy's a gamer.
2: You're the right man to have that because the movie we're talking about today has a lot of goats. It's got two. Got two goats because we're talking about Thor Love and Thunder, the fourth Thor movie, making it the first MCU character to have four solo movies, the second one directed by Taika Waititi, and the third one to get less than 75% on Rotten Tomatoes. So, we're in for a treat today, fellas. But before we get into the new movie, I kind of just want to know, what are your guys' thoughts on uh, Thor in the MCU up to this point? So, before this movie, and uh, what expectations you kind of had going into this movie? Austin, I'm going to want to start with you.
0: Okay, So, back when the MCU started out, Thor was nothing but a joke to me, all right? I knew the character Thor from a YouTube poop about somebody masturbating onto a mechanical sea serpent. I waited four years, four years to watch Thor 1, and I only ever even decided to do so at the time because I was on a week-long bender. I had to be fucking drunk to watch Thor 1 for the first time. This drink, I like it.
1: I know, that's great, right? Another!
0: But man, I'm glad I did, uh, because Thor movies have been consistently kind of watchable. I even like Dark World more than most people do. Watching Thor and Loki hash things out, maybe one of my favorite MCU pastimes. You listen well, brother. I'm listening and I never would have expected that the one all-powerful god in the original Avengers team would be the person fated to lose everything and everyone that he cares about over the course of several movies. Like, what a trip. We get this goofy ass himbo enduring real hardships that have weight Dramatic gravitas. It's like he's the one Marvel character that secretly lives in a Lars von Trier film. Like, have you ever watched your whole realm of existence explode? Have you ever felt like it's your fault half the universe got murdered?
2: Yeah, last Thursday. Thor has.
0: And, and I was so excited to see the tonal tightrope they're gonna walk after Endgame, deciding where to go now that Thor is a broken
2: down alcoholic. He has Guardians of the galaxy back together again.
1: Oh, we're too fast. We should fight one another for the honor of leadership. Sounds fair. I got some blasters, unless you guys want to use knives. Oh, yes, please. Use knives. There shall be no knifing one another. Everybody knows
0: who's in charge. My expectations for this were extremely high because I love Thor Ragnarok. Taika Waititi has made nothing but bangers up to this point and Thor has the richest backstory of any Marvel character as of like now who's alive. I was ready to love and thunder this movie. Back to you Tanner.
2: This fucking guy love and thunder the movie. You can't keep getting away with this. So, Luke, what did you? Uh, what do you think of uh, Thor's journey in the MCU up until this point, and uh, what kind of expectations you had into this one?
1: So, as a comic book lover, I've never really been too much into Thor, just because I just didn't vibe with me. Spider-Man, Moon Knight, Black Panther type of lad. And so, what I saw in the first movie, I was like, "This is just some Norse idiot." And then, like Austin was saying throughout this, I guess. Face epic of what that is, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He's done nothing but evolve. You know, it's not like the one death changes him. Like for instance, like Peter Parker, when he was his Aunt May, that's like his breaking point. This man just goes through nothing but loss constantly. He's just slowly breaking down into this shell of a man that Thor Love and Thunder kind of breaks the mold on that to kind of get him going further. And like, cause he's been kind of going down from like emotionally, but power has been going up. So now it's going to go up and I'm interested to see what they're going to do with that.
2: You have to remember before his first movie, Thor is like 1500 years old. So in the grand scheme of his life, Comparing his life to ours, he's having just the worst fucking month of his life. Just the absolute worst month of his life. Father dies, mother dies, brother dies, best friend dies, half of everyone dies because of him. Just having a horrible month.
1: What will you do? I'm not sure. For the first time in a thousand years, I I have no path. I do have a ride though.
2: Austin, you talked about going through a bender. Quite frankly, it makes sense that Thor went through a bender in Endgame, comparatively. Because goddamn, just the worst month. Austin, if you lost both your parents, your sibling, and you were responsible for trillions of people dying, do you think you would have gone into an alcoholic binge? Uh, depends which mall I was at when it happened. (laughs) You're at the Mall of America. Mall of America! So, for me, I pretty much agree with what you guys have put forward. Thor was a okay character when he first entered the MCU, more of a straightforward adaptation of his comic counterpart, which I was not too familiar with. The only Thor comic I really read as a kid was uh, the frog one. That's what I have in terms of uh, prior Thor experience. And then when Ragnarok came along, it kind of turned him into more of a uh, himbo? type character, I thought it worked a lot better. Not that he was super bad before, I think every MCU movie is at least watchable and the prior Thor movies are no exception but Ragnarok, uh, the way Taika Waititi came in and reinvented him to be kind of a a dumbass, just straight up kind of a dumbass, I, I think worked a lot better because it, it plays I think to Hemsworth's strengths as an actor.
1: I choose to run toward my problems and not away from them. That's what.
2: He may be an intelligent guy in real life, but damn, he plays stupid so well. It's like Taika Waititi saw the 2016 Ghostbusters movie and thought, Hemsworth in this movie, I can work with that. But you know what I say? let's jump ahead. Uh, Kevin dabbles
1: in web design. Here we go. Okay,
2: okay. so, <clears throat> what do you think of that?
1: Yeah, you, you do see how this might make us look bad,
2: right? Well, uh, what about
1: this one? Oh, uh.
2: In terms of expectations going into this one, uh, I was reasonably excited as I am for any MCU movie, but it was definitely the one. L- let me put it this way Shang-Chi, Eternals, No Way Home, Doctor Strange. To me, the MCU has released four straight five-star bangers for me. And I know I have the Marvel bias, but for me, it's four straight absolute certified bangers with a lot of crazy, fun, unique stuff that makes every movie worthwhile. All right, piece of Papa, relax. She's just a kid. Relax yourself there, Doctor Strange. Why don't you take some mustard,
1: huh?
2: Going into this one, though, I had some reservations. I hadn't really heard any leaks, which I've heard for a lot of the previous Marvel movies. Uh, there was one big one I got, like, three days before I watched it me, but it is what it is. I kind of expected it anyway. So I came in excited, but for some reason my expectations were tempered. The vibes weren't right. It is completely unexplainable. And this is before the review saving came out, one of the reviews came out, and these are the worst reviews a Marvel movie has gotten since Eternals. But before that, since Captain Marvel? Uh, no, nah, Captain Marvel did better. Probably the Dark World. It's the worst review since the Dark World, other than Eternals. I've got this completely under control. Is that why everything's on fire? So I definitely went in with more tempered expectations. Now that we're going to get into our thoughts on the movie overall, I actually want to give Luke a brief soapbox here. Luke, when you saw it the first time, you were seeing it with me, which was my second time seeing it. And we had a uh, interesting theater experience, right? All
1: right. So here, <laughs> the movie's playing. I don't know where, what part we're at.
2: We're like, right after the kids get kidnapped the first time it happened.
1: And the screen just goes jet black. And I'm like, oh, this has gotta be like a cut or something. And then the sound keeps going and nothing has happened. And you know, I'm sitting there and I'm looking at Tanner and everyone's freaking out. And I'm like, can can they pause it? And Tanner's like, no, you can't pause I'm like, what the fuck you mean you can't?
2: I also immediately told you it's not supposed to be like this. <laughs> I think I got up pretty quickly
1: the first time. Biggest pet peeve now is that why can you not pause these movies on these screens? Are they not just like a download? that is just released to these theaters with a play and pause button on it?
2: It's a very complicated process. Is it though? I don't know if you can pause a digital cinema package, but you might be able to.
1: But not only does it happen once, it happens again. As soon as they smack dab on a little planet, it's just black. So we're getting there, and at this point, people are like, you gotta be fucking shit. So (laughs) I'm doing my best to be comedic relief. I say this is the exact opposite of a silent film. I said, so this is what SpongeBob meant by use your imagination. (laughs) i was like, this is my favorite part. God, it was awful.
2: My favorite part is that the first time it happened, I went out to get an usher to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And when I got to the usher, I turned around to point to the screen behind me, because it was right outside the theater, and say, hey, the picture's off. And then when I turn around to point, the picture's on. So it made me look like a
1: liar. I literally said, turn it on and turn it back off. turn it off, turn it back on again, and then the screen came on. So I was like, oh, I guess that worked. We all got free passes out of it. Yeah, so it was, I guess it's worth it. So if I want to see Thor again, and hopefully not have it cut out, I'll get a free pass.
2: I just want to know why. What allowed the picture to cut out, but the sound to keep going? Did, like, some asshole? It's not like they forgot to change reels, you know? That's not a thing anymore. Imagine if it was, you plug in, you unplug one hard drive and plug a new one in really quickly.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Some dude put his fat horse cock on me. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you. It
2: was your cock. <laughs> I was sitting down, brother. Yeah, that's how huge it is. It was weird.
1: <laughs> okay, no, you're right. <laughs> All right, hold right. oh, my well, bitches. Oh, but cute.
2: now we can get into the movie. Then, Luke. Aside from that horrible part, how'd you? Th- what'd you think of the movie overall?
1: So I've always, I'm not like a big movie reviewer I think movies are fun I don't like sad movies because sad movies make me sad they should I don't like that but I always like you know the action they're fun you know these superhero movies I've always liked superheroes growing up so seeing this Thor movie is always you know because Ragnarok was just so fun what get help no come on you love it I hate it it's great it works every time it's humiliating do you have a better plan no we're doing it
2: Please, my brother's dying. Get help. Help him.
1: With the colors, the editing, and the visual effects, you know, it really, like, turned the classic, like, Earth fight villain with super ship up on its head. And it was just such a colorful experience, and I feel like Love and Thunder was both colorful and colorless.
2: <laughs> black, white, black and white baby. I know uh, where you live.
1: Come over. It was just, it was fun. Christian Bale in that movie seemed off to me. It just felt like the God butcher. He just seemed like that one kid in high school that like growls at you. So I can't take it seriously. Like he's the one that's saying that he's going to go super slow out of the dodgeball field and just smack him in the head. It just didn't fit. I didn't like it. Uh, I wish they kind of did more on Natalie Portman's end. I feel like it was just because the almighty Thor, right, is I know very, very little about it besides the fact that she has cancer and then she gets to come But I just feel like they kind of didn't. I don't know what it is about Marvel and their female leads, but every time I feel like a female lead is suddenly in like a power spot, they fuck it up. That's just me. Like, I didn't like Captain Marvel because I feel like they did. Her wrong in the movie. Miss Marvel's beginning was good. The halfway end kind of nit on. Uh, Black Widow was why? Most
2: valuable resource on earth, little girls. Usually the only natural resource that the,
1: the world has too much of. Girls. They approached, I think, the transgender topic in a very Norse way. Like, oh, what is this? Like, what are you talking? The talk- Astrid thing. Yeah, the Astro the Astro 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 Astro. thing.
2: So I thought that was a transgender thing when I first watched it, but apparently that's supposed to be a joke about how immigrants will give themselves an American name when they move.
0: I was about to say, I didn't know the kid switched his gender. I just thought he changed his name to a name he liked better.
2: It would seem like a transgender thing because it's been in the news lately, but apparently it's an immigrant joke.
1: It made sense, because, you know, Astrid I think of Lady. Axel I think of bro. It's just like, it's cool. I didn't care. The thing that I thought was funny was when his head was floating, it looked like I was watching a Disney Channel movie. Oh, God. But, uh, Austin, Austin
2: Rain and I can't stop talking about how bad that looked.
1: Yeah, it looked awful. I saw it once and I was like, it was before I saw the movie and it said, this is from a $200 million budget movie. And I was like, I wonder what this is from. $250 million budget. So I sit in the fucking theater. I'm like, there it is. <laughs> there it is right there. Leo. I thought it was fun. Uh, the visual effects are always fun. I like the shadow. I like the introduction of more gods. And I was kind of, when the Eternals were there. The Celestials. You turned to me and you're like, oh. I was like, those are technically the gods of the MCU. The god gods. Yeah, like who are? Why are they with these fuckers? Like these guys (laughs) (laughs) are (laughs) nothing. Good like we are to Jesus, what the, you know? it's just done the food chain. You bringing up
2: Jesus? Remembered them when they were going through the God aisle, and they're like, "Oh, there's the God, the Carpenter God." and I was
1: like, "Is that Jesus?" I thought I thought his dad was a carpenter. I didn't think Jesus himself was a carpenter. I think Dad was a little bit more than a carpenter. Uh, I don't have more <laughs> contractor. I think <laughs> you're saying according to the Bible lore. I don't know. I have to rebrush up on it. Um, I liked what they did with him and the girl because my original thought in the movie was that. Christian Bale was going to give his wish to save Natalie Portman because he f- turned over his new leaf, but instead he saved his daughter and had Thor take care of her. And I was like, okay. So, we'll see when that comes. I don't know, I thought it was a fun move.
2: All right, Austin, uh, tear into it. I want
1: every gun we have to fire on that man.
0: It's so weird. I've been watching YouTubers review this movie for the last three days, just so I can remember some of the jokes. The jokes that I didn't like. I wanted to shit on them here, but they were so bad they got flushed out of my memory on the drive home from the theater. Majority of them. Big things, big things are wrong with this. Loki was an essential part of the Hemsworth Thor movies. Hiddleston was the straight man. Their chemistry was a selling point for me. Yo, are You're missing an eye. This isn't over.
2: I just hit her with a lightning blast. I just hit him with the biggest lightning blast in the history of lightning and did nothing. So what do we do?
1: I'm not doing get help.
0: His replacements? Two scrappy women that love kicking ass. They're just like Thor, except their brains aren't nerfed by the screenplay, like Thor's. Three scrappy figures and the movie's director, hanging out with them. An obnoxious-ass self-insert that tags along for the sole purpose of reminding everybody how funny a New Zealand accent sounds every 15 fucking seconds. I think this movie <laughs> screenplay is doing some very clever, heartfelt things, though. Thor has to learn to be an inspiration to others again, and prove that Christian Bale was wrong about the idea that all gods don't care if children literally die. But, you know what I thought was fucking funny? Jane got pretty fatal cancer right and she has a flashback to her mom who also had cancer and her mom is saying some shit to the effect of never stop fighting jane and effectively after that jane uses a magic hammer to literally fight people until that straight up causes her death i just you know i think jane's mom meant fight the cancer not utilize your limited cancer-ridden body's life force to wail on shadow monsters Fuck! The soundtrack made me want to fucking die, okay? In the last movie, they chose fun rock music, but it was cool shit like Led Zeppelin. Do you know how fucking hard it is to get Led Zeppelin music in your movie sometimes? ask Cameron Crowe. Ask the guy who made Almost Famous.
2: It used to be hard. No stairway.
0: It was legitimately impressive, but this movie's all Guns and Roses. It's the most overplayed Dad Rock in existence, and even that ending reveal where Thor adopts a kid and reveals this is, in fact, a dad movie cannot excuse Dad Rock of that quality when fucking Guardians of the Galaxy over there proves you can exercise taste. Fucking lots of jokes <laughs> felt like they needed an extra step. Tessa Thompson has a grenade, and it's gone! Korg's gay, and he reproduces by holding hands. Yeah, yeah, he does that. That's the whole joke. It feels like LOL XD random humor because there aren't enough satisfying setups and payoffs with these jokes. I don't know what made them think they could get away with Zeus being another one-note accent joke when fucking Korg is in the entire movie! Fuck, I was so excited when they almost killed Korg, you guys, but no. No, this movie's not here to make me happy. Everything that wasn't Christian Bale was a huge letdown, but I gotta admit, I thought it was really funny when he appeared in that cage full of kids and asked them if they liked Huey Lewis in the News. See?
2: <laughs> I, I
0: know this movie's about a character who doesn't know what he wants to be, but I think the movie itself might have had an identity crisis too, and sadly, i bet money it'll probably only get worse for me on repeat viewings. Back to you, Tanner.
2: All right, my time to shine. Hello. Um... Yeah, I think I'm more in between you guys. For the first half of the movie, I was convinced this was going to be the first time I disliked an MCU movie. Because it was basically nothing more than a series of vaguely related SNL sketches on a decent episode of SNL from 2014, at best. Jokes that were just kind of one note, but often repeated, like goat screaming. And, not going to lie, I constantly laughed at the screaming goats. But that was the only one. I don't know. Goat screaming is funny. At my office, my coworker literally has a little goat figure. When you press down on it, it screams like that. So I just imagined my co-worker every time, which makes things funnier. But it's one thing when it's SNL and it's viewed entirely by NBC giving them half a million dollars and a lot of cocaine. This is different. They were given $250 million. They should write better jokes. <laughs> yeah. And then they crash into that tiny planet in the shadow realm. And the movie does a complete flip. It balances the drama and the humor perfectly well, while also being a tearjerker at the end, and being a very gripping, one of the best MCU third act climaxes stuff. I love the part where Thor gives all the kids the power of Thor. That shit ruled, and had a little joke in there when he said, for a limited time only. But it was actually funny. It actually worked. Everything in that third act actually worked, which makes it so baffling that everything in the first half didn't. Which leads to my theory. Natalie Portman said in an interview that they would change or drop plot lines because of how they improvise certain scenes. So I theorize, because movies often film the harder stuff first, they filmed all the third act stuff first, and it was pretty set in stone. And then they did the rest of the movie and let the actors improvise like nuts, and this leads to Peter Dinklage, Jeff Goldblum, and Lena Hadley all filming scenes for the movie, and they're all getting cut. That, on top of the recent news that Marvel Studios actually mandated a two-hour runtime, which is baffling to hear, makes me think that this became a Judd Apatow protege movie. I mean that in the worst of ways. I'm talking Paul Feig on a bad day, and they desperately tried to salvage it in the cut. I think it overall works because the second half is so much stronger, and my big issue with the first half is how aimless it feels, and upon repeat viewings, the aimlessness doesn't bother you as much, but the bad jokes will always be there. Overall, it's pretty disappointing after Thor Ragnarok. I would have expected a lot more and I just can't believe that somehow Taika Waititi, who has been Hollywood's golden boy ever since he wanted Best Adapted Screenplay for Jojo Rabbit, somehow he's the one that proved that maybe sometimes directors do need to be reined in and someone should be there to tell them no.
0: Yeah, a virus that's giving me ass awesome and ball cancer at the same time.
2: Inoperable. Now, we'll move on to some general discussion thoughts here after a brief ad break.
1: Ding. Da <laughs> da toothpaste is so great for you. na <laughs> na <Eggo> waffles. <laughs> At- Mm-hmm. Makes no sense, homie. No sense. What am I going to give you? A sequel.
2: Any general discussion thoughts anyone everyone brings up? I have one if nobody else does. I, I have been
0: laughing since I thought of this in my kitchen. I was trying to think how could I make some of these jokes better? And I was thinking, you know the beginning when he says from dad bod to god bod? I would have liked it more if he was like from dad bod to jihad. I would have liked that so much more. Oh my <laughs> you god. Can't,
2: you can't do that. <laughs> a theory as to one simple thing you can do to fix this movie. Because it it solves two birds with one stone. Christian Bale, I think, is probably the best part of the movie. Luke, you don't seem to entirely agree. Austin, I feel like you're on my wavelength. Yeah? Here's my theory. Christian Bale has severely limited screen time for whatever reason. Not nearly enough. My theory is that first half of the movie, when it feels like a series of vaguely related SNL sketches, you should input some sequences of him going out, finding gods, and, you know, butchering them. I think it would allow the dramatic stakes to stay there throughout the first half while also breaking up the monotony of the jokes. If there was more space between some of these jokes, they might have hit better. And inserting gore doing some god butchering in the first half would, one, keep the stakes in head, it would allow it to not feel so aimless, allow the jokes to be better because there would be more space between them. You wouldn't even need to rewrite them. And three, give more of the best part of the movie more screen time. What do you guys think?
1: I agree with that. Yeah, that would have been really good. I like seeing his buildup because you know, he just gets the sword and then he kills that one God and then he goes and fights Thor and he's like, I'm nuts. And it's like, well, how'd you get there?
2: Like, the idea is that they have a thrower line that the sword decays him, but, like, show us that.
1: They've got the, uh,
0: sort of, by the time you get to the pantheon of bastard gods, they give you, they're really hammering home the idea that these, like, immortal, all-powerful people generally turn into fuckboys. But it would have been nicer to see gore, because, you know, that, that Judd Apatow comedy god he runs into after his daughter dies. You know, that dude's pretty callous, but it would have been nice showing us more of those callous gods on every planet. He just walks in, they're acting like huge fuckboys, and he cuts their faces off. That
2: would have been rad.
0: It also would have helped, like, when Thor becomes a good person at the end, to be like, Yeah, he's the good one. He's the one good god.
1: I am a golden god! Yeah!
2: It also would have helped make his turn more believable because he's kind of just like, I'm gonna wish for all the gods to die. Why shouldn't I? Love, I don't know, why shouldn't I? Love, and then that's just enough to convince him. It's either that or make it so his secret goal from the beginning is to wish for his daughter back. He was just playing into what the Necrosword wanted, but deep down he was only gonna ever wish for that. That would have played better.
0: Did you guys like the monsters in this film, the shadow monsters? The effect of the shadows leaving objects and getting longer was nice, but the actual monsters that came out...
2: They just looked like dudes.
1: Their forms weren't
0: very good. Right! Yeah, I couldn't see shit. Their first fight in Asgard, New Asgard, was at night, and these are black monsters. I was seeing Natalie Portman's new hammer going around just, like, making sparks, and I was like, what is it hitting? I can't see shit.
1: I was like, is that? Is it hitting a leg? Is it hitting a small child? What, what's happening here? I can't tell. It's hitting
2: a, the the leg of a small child. Oh, see, that's where I didn't think I was a creator. The fourth most expensive MCU movie is this movie. What? Only Avengers two, three, and four cost more money. This costs fifty million more dollars than Multiverse of Madness. No way home. Eternals. It costs a hundred million more dollars than Shang-Chi. And it looks like this. The composition work in parts is awful. Why did it cost so much? And quite frankly, these are some of the worst effects I've seen in one of these things in a while. I'm a big defender of the effects. I usually don't notice them. I noticed them here. I noticed them hard. Axel is pretty bad. That was was pretty bad. Half the time, I'm not convinced Chris Hemsworth and Natalie Portman are in the same room. Dude. That Axel scene that we're talking about with the CGI head, it'll do some cuts back and forth. And there will be moments where Natalie Portman is supposed to be in the background because she's shown to be in the background of the establishing shot. But when it comes to Hemsworth's medium shot... She's not there.
0: Did you guys notice they were playing scary music the second time he was meeting with Axel? when Tessa Thompson was tickling his nose? They were playing spooky music and it made me think, I was like, oh, Gore did something to those kids. They're playing creepy music and nothing happened. The kids were fine. That was just a bizarre choice of music for that shit.
1: None of them died.
2: This movie has four editors. It feels like each editor took a crack at it. And then a second editor was allowed to, but they weren't allowed to receive more footage. They were only allowed to edit down the cut they were given. They weren't allowed <laughs> to access additional material. And then they did that two more times. They literally couldn't talk to each other. <laughs> yeah. Again, I'm harping on the movie a lot. I overall liked it, but it is such a letdown from what it could be. Like
0: Ragnarok. It could have been like Ragnarok.
2: It could have been another Ragnarok, which was really,
0: really great. How would you guys feel about the post credit
2: scenes? Uh, I'm not going to lie, I got pretty hyped that Ted Lasso was confirmed canon in the MCU. Brett Goldstein, who was from Ted Lasso, plays Hercules.
0: They got Jercules, who somehow wasn't there for the entire god scene, and then um, Jane is in heaven?
2: Is it it was just, when Valhalla? When I was watching the credits, Idris Elba's name popped up, and I went, what the fuck are you talking about? He's not in this movie. And then the after credit scene happened. I'm like, oh. Do
1: you think there's a train to all the different afterlifes? Because there's <laughs> Valhalla, there's Heaven, there's whatever. Like Moon Knight ships. Yeah. Like, is there just access to all this? Like,
2: when- God, even the afterlife gets access to high-speed rail. If your mom is Jewish and your dad is Catholic, when you die, do you get to, like, pick? I'm from Miami.
0: You ever been there? Mm. It's okay, but it's like you died and woke up in Jew heaven. Wait, did that God in the beginning who said there is no eternal reward, was he either being ignorant or did he not pay that bill? Like, did he not his, subscribe he to that yeah, You have to pay a
1: bill to get an afterlife, depending on what the, religion the subscription, you are. You get different, like, tiers of <laughs> platinum gold bronze.
0: And he was just telling his follower, sorry, dude, I, I, I missed that shit. I left that in the mailbox. You go nowhere.
2: The existence of an afterlife on top of the fact that celestials exist is kind of weird. I agree. Why? All the religions are true, except the fact that only the celestials are actually doing anything. Because Celestials are the big, they're the guys. They're the ones actually building the universe. So,
0: So they are like what, if you were to interpret
2: God as like a
0: physical force, like a physics thing, they are the closest thing to God
2: in the MCU. That's what I feel like, but then also Moon Knight and this movie confirms that
1: these afterlives exist. So what if there's different dimensions? Cause let's say- Oh!
2: Is death an interdimensional portal? Are we going into quantum suicide
1: here territory? Fucking like the Eternals created that universe, but what if death has them connect, like via, the Celestials make it so whatever, you know, like whatever death you have, according to your religion, sends Did you, you get to it? the dimension that is your paradise. Funny Maybe man. it's a quantum suicide thing. You
2: guys know about that? No. Quantum suicide is a philosophical theory that anytime you die, You're just transported into another universe in which whatever event you died in, you actually lived. That's not bad. No, it is (laughs) bad, Austin, because that means you never die. There's a short story, uh, I think, written by the guy that wrote The Martian, that basically it ends with the main character being... Trillions of years old And the aliens are like Hey can we open you up And just absolutely destroy you Just look at your guts And the dude's like Sure Wouldn't it be the worst thing I've experienced
0: Yeah uh, What is it That Don Hurts Bell movie um, I think it's It's such a beautiful day The ending is basically Just saying Living forever Is worse than dying Which is always A fun concept in fiction
1: Time loses all meaning And the moment comes That he knows only The positions of the stars and sees them whether his eyes are closed or open.
0: I heard those black monsters might've been designed by Chris Hemsworth and Taika Waititi's kids. I think they that's like genetic. drew them on the fridge and crayon and Taika was like, yep, that's it.
2: Nepotism has gone too far. All right, fellas, Mm -hmm. who's ready for some trivia? Yeah! All right, my first piece of trivia is this. Christian Bale has, up till now, initially turned down the possibility of appearing in any more comic book or superhero films after The Dark Knight Rises. Mm -hmm. Seeing the genre as uninteresting from an acting perspective, and he especially found the experience of donning the Batman costume to be miserable. He agreed to take part in this film, however, after his kids begged him to do it. Oh,
0: it was like a Lord of the Rings Vigo Mortensen thing.
2: You yeah, got not kids? Not as cool.
1: Yeah, you! <laughs> <No>. <laughs> You mean to tell me my dad, Norbert, has been Christian Bale this whole time and I just have a... Your father's Norbert from that Eddie Murphy movie? Norbert. You <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: Chris Hemsworth, on his eighth time playing the character of Thor, achieved his biggest physique yet, getting up to 231 pounds. His longtime trainer, Luke Zaki, has said he is a phenomenal Nick. I don't know what that means. Uh, is that Australian for something? I guess so. I, will- I could have just said a slur... I weigh more than Thor does. I'm gonna Thor crack. Damn, oh, you're oh, more dude. You're huge. A I'm a new hero.
1: Yeah.
2: The extent of the muscles required Hemsworth to at least eat eight times a day during the entire duration of filming, just to maintain all the muscle mass he required. But you know whenever they film shirtless scenes, they dehydrate themselves, so he probably had to eat a bunch of salty-ass chicken and not drink any water to get those mm, muscles. R.I.P.
0: whatever toilet he was using.
2: Yeah, at 38 years old, he got the most ripped he's been in his entire life. Totally natural. No steroids involved at all. Never. None. Never. This is apparently the fourth time Matt Damon has played a version of Loki after Dogma, Thor Ragnarok, and Jay and Silent Bob Reboot. I forgot he played Loki in those movies, me too. which makes his inclusion as a fake Loki even funnier now. Now, if your kids are looking at you right now like, that's not Tom Hiddleston, just tell him I was Loki in the 90s, before it was cool. You know, that reminds me, I think I laughed the hardest at the bit where Loki... Or Matt Damon and his like co-writer walked up to Valkyrie after the disaster, and they're like, "Should we write a play about this?" <laughs> that that kind of killed me. I didn't hear a no. Cameo alert: Daryl Jacobinson, played by Daley Pearson, cameos in this film. The character previously appeared in Taika Waititi's non-canon comedic shorts Team Thor parts one and two, and Team Daryl. In the shorts, the character was a human roommate to. First Thor, and then later the Grandmaster. In Love and Thunder, Daryl is a tour guide in New Asgard. Nice!
1: I like learning about your culture. What do you call this? Toast. Yes.
2: Hi, hi, hi.
1: I'm Jeff Goldblum. You take over the blueberries for a second, Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah.
2: November Rain by Guns N' Roses is playing while Jane Foster is having nightmares about Thor's battle. And when she wakes with a start and sits upright in bed, this is an homage to the music video of November Rain, where Axel's character does the same thing at the end. The ship that Thor, Jane Foster, and Valkyrie used to go after Gore has a neon light over the cabin of the ship called Cocktails and Dreams. This is the name of the bar that Tom Cruise's opens at the end of Cocktail. And uh, finally, Korg's god, Ninny Nani, remember we see his god, sits on a throne of scissors. Yep. This is because in the game Rock, Paper, Scissors, rock beats scissors.
1: <laughs> that's so stupid, I hate it. Please.
0: This was a movie made by a seven-year-old. Just a little Rock, Paper, Scissors joke for
1: you. All right, that's all I got for Trivia Corner. Final thoughts, we'll start with you, Luke. Um, overall, uh, I thought the movie was fun. I think it's cute that his daughter is love in the movie because I guess there's that. On, baby! Forgot to get that in, sorry. I loved it. Um, and my final thoughts on it is whatever fucking space RV that they had at the end of the movie there, I want eight of them in different colors. I want them so bad. It's like me with the Razor Crest from Mandalorian. I just want it. I want it so bad. <laughs> I like squares. I can't help it. I Squares are cool. Fuck yeah.
2: All right, Austin, final thoughts?
0: You know, I'm really proud of Taika Waititi for producing a bunch of stuff recently about gay people, indigenous people, vampires, gods. But he chose a really weird one to treat, just like a paycheck. Like, I'm surprised he got away with this. Glad everyone got paid. Who cares? The show's not over anytime soon. Go watch it if you want
2: to. It's an okay date movie. You already know if you're going to or not. Like, <laughs> it's, just, it's been decided. Either you're in
1: for the ride or you're not. Right. <laughs> yeah, do you want to get fingered in a Thor, Lone, and Thunder premiere?
2: <laughs> is this is this, a, is this an offer you're making out, Luke? That's you. Mm. Like I said, I'm in between these guys. I think it has a lot of great parts, mainly that second half, that first half feels like a mediocre episode of SNL from 2014. Andy Sandberg would be proud. Uh, but overall though, I think with a few tweaks, it could have been a lot better, but I don't hate what we got. But you know what else? With a few tweaks could be better, but I don't hate what we're getting.
1: Who? You! Woo! Luke! Huh?
2: We have the audience's attention now. Do you want to plug anything?
1: I'm going to plug two things. First is sub to Average Joe Taco or Joe Taco Gaming on YouTube. And so great. Tanner, you look like a fucking southern mom that spits loogies that are darker than <laughs> oil spills. So keep going. Keep keep getting brushed them teeth. And love you, buddy.
2: Go check out... Joe Taco Gaming. That's actually Joe Bovino, a member of the Bomb Squad, who refuses to come on the podcast because he hated us so much after Loki. So if you are listening on any of the audio platforms, on thank you oh so very much for listening. Leave a review. It makes me happy. If you're watching on Spotify Video, we cursed a lot and said a lot of sexual things that Austin will have to censor. I hope you enjoyed. How about you mosey on down over to our Patreon? That's right, we are maybe interested in introducing new rewards here soon, but as of right now, if you give us 10 bucks a month, hey, we'll put your name at the end of the videos. And if you are watching on YouTube, thank you oh so very much for watching. Go ahead and down, comment below and let me know what do you think of Thor's journey in the MCU up until now. What do you think of Thor Love and Thunder? Do you think Taika Waititi should have been held back or do you think the movie we was perfect the way it is and finally if you got cancer would you throw a hammer around and die faster <laughs> comment below and let me know insert the shot of me hitting myself in the nuts with the hammer from Jack House Forever and while you are down there go ahead and hit the like button so we you know much you like us hit the subscribe button so we you know much you love us and hit the bell icon so I can gain the powers of Thor and break into your home tune in next week when we talk about The Simpsons that's right baby we're talking about the simpsons movie that's right we're going homer and we ain't going lower so tune in next week it's gonna be a great time thank you again so very much for watching guys see you next time bye farewell
1: playing the hero that's the toughest job